let me let me start with um, a story. Let me just read to you. There is this story. Uh, a married couple was having some problem at home, and they were giving each other so-called the silent treatment. How many of you aware what silent treatment is? Lift up your hand. Or how many of you know or you do to your spouse or to your anyone to your friend? Silent treatment meaning you just don't make eye contact, you just don't talk, you don't just don't respond. Silent treatment. So this couple were having some problem at home, so we're giving each other the silent treatment. And suddenly the man, the husband, realized that the next day he would need his wife to wake him up at 5 a.m. in the morning to go to the airport for an early business morning morning business flight. He cannot miss the flight. So the husband, not wanting to be the first to break the silence and so-called lose to his wife, so he made one thing. I think it's quite wise. He wrote on a piece of paper and write this. You know what he wrote? He wrote, please wake me up at 5 a.m. in the morning exactly. That's it. He left it. And he left it somewhere next to her bed, so he needs to make sure that the wife will find that note, okay, before he went on to sleep. The next morning, the man will wake up, okay, only to discover it's actually 9 a.m. in the morning. So he was so furious to his wife, and just about to, you know, get up from the bed and want to do some scolding, and, 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 and he, he discovered another note. It said, it's 5 a.m. Wake up. It's time to go. It's another note from his wife. So that's what silent treatment do to each other. You don't want to break a silence, but you end up losing. In the relationship, it's not about winning or losing. Relationship is about being together. Being able to resolve conflict Immediately. So let me just do a quick recap about some of, some of the highlights to my sermon last week. So for some of you who didn't uh, attend last week, so at least you are able, today you are able to follow the flow. Okay, to some of you did attend last week or watch the sermon in YouTube, this will refresh some of the points. Okay, are you ready? Okay, so there are three relationships, there are three stages of relationship which I shared last week. The first one is single, the next dating, and married, right? Simple. So let's take a look at the, the first stage of being single. So question is that I posed to some of you last week, is singleness actually a stage in relationship? Is single, being single, singleness actually a stage in relationship? Why Pastor Robbie actually put single, being single, to be the first stage in relationship? Yes, single is the first stage in a relationship. Indeed, it is the first very important stage in relationship. God created this season of singleness for Adam to have a relationship with God first. Everybody say God. To have a relationship with God first. So, make no mistake, God 
is the Almighty God. He could create Eve at the same time when He created Adam, correct? But He did not. He purposely leave Adam alone, being single, so that He can discover God and have relationship with God first. Because it was a paramount importance for Adam to be single and thus discover God and have relationship with God. Is this the first stage? A relationship with God comes first. You get that? A relationship with God comes first. A relationship with God is the foundation for every other relationship. So I move on with the relationship goal when you are single. All right? So when you are single, when you are single, the first thing you need to do is to pursue a relationship with God. To pursue a relationship with God. So if you are single, what is your goal? What is your relationship goal? Pursue a relationship with God. Because relationship with God will complete who we are. And then relationship with another that you are interested in. Relationship with other people. Only amplify, amplify, magnify who we are. Only when we experience God's love, God's love make us whole, complete, not lacking anything. And that His love changes us from the inside out. And with, and with that love, we can love another person. First, relationship with God. Pursue relationship with God. That make us whole. The word whole is the word single. To you is focus on your job. Remember, Adam was not, Eve was not given to Adam. If Adam was not have a job, God bring a woman Eve when Adam has already have a job. You got my point? I was saying here, if you don't have job, meaning you don't have money. And if you don't have money, no money, no, no honey. I thought that's the, uh, the world kind of like uh, quotes, but it is biblical. God will not give you, or even God give you, if you don't have a job, you don't have money, you cannot be responsible person for that the other person in a relationship. Meaning you are not ready for any relationship. Alright? So whenever you are single, if you are single right now, what is your job? What is the goal? Pursue relationship with God. Make you whole. You cannot go into a relationship broken, incomplete. What happens if two incomplete persons go into a relationship? Do you think they will complete each other? No. They will magnify each other. When you are broken, you, can, you will become even more broken, will be more, even more insecure, will be even more needy, okay? Trying to get the attention from each other, which you won't get the, 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 the things that you want from another person. Only God can complete you. 
So from being single, we move on to the next stage. That is dating relationship. It's the second stage in the relationship. All right? You follow up to here? Okay. So dating is in the second stage of relationship. How many of you one day wish to date someone that you love? Lift up your hand, young people. Only 2%? All right. You, Jordan, you want? Yeah, like this. <laughs> All right. Okay, so dating is in the second stage of relationship. You know, the reason why so many marriage life, uh, so many marriage fails, because we start a dating relationship wrongly. What do you mean? We start a dating relationship simply with anyone without even have this compatibility check. Last week, I mentioned that going into a relationship is like going into a shopping mall looking to buy something, looking to buy a cloth. That's relation. It's like as if you're going into a shopping mall, you want to buy clothes. Just because it looks good on display, it doesn't mean it will suit you. Just because a celebrity wears it, it does not mean it will be for you. You need to have this goals, you know what you want, you know what's your size, you know your style, you have this picture in mind, this is what I'm looking for. Just because someone else wearing that stuff, it doesn't mean will suit you, compatible with you. So that is where I left off last week. So let me move on on today's message, on this thought, on this thought, the word is compatible. Compatibility. Everybody say compatibility. Okay, compatibility. Everybody say compatibility. You are still sleeping. Compatibility, two, three, go. Compatibility is the big word, big word, if you want to start a dating relationship. Okay, let me just go to the next slide. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable, compatible in a version, a faithful version. A helper compatible for Adam. Verse 19. Follow on this. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And God, God, God brought them, all the animals to Adam, to the man, to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, take a look at this. See the, the screen in front. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. Now I want you to read together, okay, the highlighted, yellow highlighted ones. All right, two, three, go. But Adam, there was not found a helper suitable to him. Okay, so the scriptures say, but for Adam, there was not what? Found. The word found indicates that Adam was looking at that time. Okay. The word found, it means that Adam was looking. 
at the time, looking for what? Looking for a suitable helper, looking for a suitable partner. Correct? The question is, who did Adam look for at that time? He did look for a suitable helper among who? Among where? Among the animals. Because for Adam, there is, there is no Eve at that time. Adam didn't have a choice. So God, God was saying, it's not good for Adam, for man to be alone. And the next move is God bring all the animals in front of Adam and to name them. And then suddenly, they, for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable. Of course, because everything that Adam was looking was just among the animals. Okay, he saw an elephant. You can guess it. Is it compatible for him? He saw an elephant. It's too big to be compatible, correct? He saw, say, a lion. It's just too scary to be romantic with. You understand? So the closest, the closest animal he could find, probably compatible to him. You guess it. Help me preach. Who? What? What animal? Will be the closest? Monkey? Monkey is the closest to be the closest in terms of compatibility to Adam, to human being. Correct. Because monkey has two feet. He can walk with his two feet. Am I right? Monkey has two hands. At least monkey, monkey, can somebody go up to the stage to be? Monkey, at least monkey can walk and have hands to hold hands with you. Not bad, isn't it? It's not bad, isn't it? At least can hold hands. You see the pictures? Holding hands. At least monkey can do that. But, listen to this. But Adam didn't come to God with monkey for God to fix. He rather says, I couldn't find. He would rather wait for God to bring a suitable partner to him. Adam didn't say, God, you said it's not good for man to be alone. The best I can find is monkey. The best I can find is a bit too hairy, it's a bit too ugly, but God, you are the almighty God. You can do a miracle. Fix this. God, Adam didn't say that. You remember Beauty and the Beast? What movie teach us? He is the beast, but inside him could be a prince charming. If maybe, maybe if I can bring it to the church, and you know God can do all things, if all things are possible, if God can do the fix, probably he will be better. But Adam didn't do that. God, he is not Christian, but you can do a miracle. So let me flirt to comfort him to be a Christian. God, he is this anger issue, but there's nothing impossible. You can do a miracle. You can make him as gentle as dove. God, he has this porn addiction issue, but well, you know, if we married, we get married together, this addiction will go away automatically. Just because you have access to sex in marriage, it doesn't mean we'll fix your porn addiction. Am I right, married couple? 
In fact, it is easier to get porn. Can I just, to be honest, hot, honest, open, and transparent in the church? It is easier to get porn than to sex to have sex with your spouse. Correct? It is easier because sex is not about it's not about just you. It's about the other person. You need to get close emotionally, mentally with the spouse. Then physical intimacy will be just natural. Those who got addiction, just because you get marriage, it will not solve the addiction. Only God can heal that addiction. That's the reason there's a season of singleness where you come to God, where you become complete. You don't settle with someone, so-called monkey, wishing that God will fix him or her someday when you go into marriage relationship. We don't. We'd rather be like Adam, wait for God to bring the right person. Come on, just jokingly ask your neighbor, do you have a monkey to fix? Do you have a monkey to fix? Do you have a monkey for God to fix? Next slide. Do we come to God to bring the wrong person for God to fix? Or do we wait for God to bring us the right person? I want to move on with this thought. Okay? Before we end up settling with not so bad and charming monkey, we need to have this compatibility check before you go into a dating relationship. Alright? Let me repeat it. Before you settle with this monkey, not so bad, God can do miracle monkey to this monkey. You, I would rather you have this compatibility check before you go into a relationship and wait for God to bring the right person. Okay? Alright? So, I want to share with you five compatibility checklists. Five compatibility checklists. And this is super, super necessary for young people, for a single person. Alright? It's going to help you. Before going into a relationship with someone, you need to have this checklist. Otherwise, it's like going to a shopping mall. It looks good from the outside. You wear it. It's not compatible to you. You got my point? The first one I want to share with you, one, is we need to have the first check is clock check. Next slide. Clock check. Clock. You know it's clock check? Clock check is to check whether the timing is right for a person to go into a relationship. You need to have this first check, clock check. Is it the right timing for me to go into a relationship or not? Okay, let me give you an illustration. If you pick an apple, a fruit, an apple, before it's ripe, before the time for the, an apple to, to be ripe, okay, it will not be good. It will be sour. And then the same apple, just a few weeks, a few months maybe later, will be just so sweet. Timing makes a big difference. Let me just be honest with you. You know, and your parents probably will agree with me. 
Okay, the prettiest girl or the most charming guy in your high school or secondary school might not be the case when they hit their 20s. The, the, the most charming guy or the most handsome guy, the, the prettiest girl in your secondary, when you're a teenager, when they hit 20, might not be the case. And the opposite things will be true as well. Probably the nerdy one. Those who are living under the shadow just at the corner turn out to blossom even more when they hit 20s. If you don't believe me, ask your parent. Ask your parent to check the school, what do you call school photos. You know, check their school friends' photos. I thought this guy was the coolest guy. I thought he was the prettiest girl that everyone was after. But hey, mm, you got my point? Not so. My point is, don't go into a relation too early. You need to check the clock. You need to check the timing. Is it the right time for you to go into a relationship? Even if you find the best, the one, if it is not the time, it is not the best. It's not the right time. It's not the right person. So this is a principle that I want to share with you. If someone asks, so when is the right time for a person to start dating? My answer is, if marriage is not an option for you in the near future, say three to five years, then dating is too early for you. Okay, let me repeat. Question, when is the earliest, when is the right time for someone to, get, to date someone? to go into a dating relationship, if marriage is not an option for you in the near, near future, three to five years, then dating is too early for you. Once you are ready for marriage, once you are single, complete, not broken, not insecure, not easily get moody, have job, then you are ready for dating relationship. Otherwise, dating is too early for you and dating will lead to fornicating sex before marriage. If it is too early, you go into a dating relationship for so long, it will just lead to fornicating. So if someone say, I'm not ready for marriage, but you know, to date someone, there's no harm, right? If I want to date someone just because I'm lonely, there's nothing, nothing wrong, no harm with it. Don't use someone's heart to fix loneliness. Okay, Adam was not lonely. Be whole, be complete first. Don't use someone to fix your loneliness. If you are lonely, get a job. If you are lonely, get a hobby. Join cell group. If you are lonely, you know, go cycle, make friends as many as you can. If you are lonely, meaning, if you are lonely also means that the pool of friends will be so little. It's either you date someone on the left or you date someone on the right. Which one is better? To date, if you have make friends, this is my, my advice to my boys. When you are so young, make friends with as many friends as you can. Don't date too early. Make friends with as many as you can. Why? It's because when you have so many friends, be best friend, be good friend to so many people. If you can do that, when the time is right, you choose the best out of 30 friends. Which one is better? To choose one out of 30 or you choose one out of two? Choosing the best one out of 30 is better. 
make friends as many as you can when you are single. Clock timing is important. That is the first check. You get it? The second check, the next slide, is we need to all, I would say, about the checking, compatibility check, start with the word C, all right, to make you easy to remember. The first one is clock check. The, first, the second one is Christ check. Christ check is the most important compatibility check. It's to check whether both you, both of your life, and the life of the person that you are interested in is in Christ or not. Okay, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, New King James Version says, Do not be unequally, what? Yoke, together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Nothing. Do you know how many of you know what a yoke is? A yoke is a wooden bar, okay, that joins two cows, two oxen, okay? A wooden bar joined into oxen, two oxen, okay, to the soldier and to the burden that they need to pull at the back. That's a yoke, okay? So unequal meaning it's not the same. One ox is stronger. The other ox is weaker. One ox is taller. The other ox is shorter. That is called unequal. The stronger one and the taller one will go even faster when they move on, they move forward. The weaker or the shorter one will go slower. This is what happens when they have unequal yoke, they go together. The, the stronger one will go further, the weaker one will go behind. Instead of going further, they will go to the left and make a circle. Make a circle. They go around. Instead of gave, going into a destination, they go around in circle, becoming an art to one another. What the Bible says, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, what fellowship have righteousness with lowliness? What communion has light and darkness? There is not any benefits when you are joined with unbeliever. All right, you want to go there, but this will make an art to your progress. Making a circle, making they go nowhere, walking in circle instead of working together for one purpose. Do not be yoked, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You need to check Christ's check whether he and he or she in, in Christ already, as well as yourself, you check both sides. All right. One of the main reasons God want to share, God, one of the main reasons God want us to, to, to have a relation with someone with the same faith is because it unites both of them spiritually, which is the deepest intimacy possible for a couple for 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 a couple be, becoming one spiritually okay plus if you have the same god you have the same faith if you have problem you will go to the same god to the same source for help and there is a power in unity when husband and wife pray together okay 
you are not going in circle. You are going for one purpose. Okay, the third one, the third compatibility check I want to share is character check. Everybody say character check. Like I mentioned, don't settle for monkey. Don't settle for someone you are hoping for God to change. Let God change them first from the inside out. Then you consider that the character check is thick and you see the rest. Whether the person is fulfilled the compatibility check. Don't fall in love with someone with their potential or their future dream. Just potentially good, but it is not really him or her, uh, he or she at the moment. Just a potential. Oh, she could be a good husband. Oh, he, uh, he could be a good husband. She could be a good wife. Possibly, potentially. Don't buy a potential. Take a look at the current state of their character. All right? Because the moment you go into marriage relationship, marriage will not eliminate problem, will magnify everything. Okay. The next one. All C. The, the next one is coach check. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. It says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It means when it comes to dating relationship, it's important to listen, to check with your mentors. Mentors can be someone like your parent, pastors, cell group leaders, to check with them. If your mentor, all these people, does not give, does not be, does not, does not, is not supportive to the relationship, it's probably you don't get a green light with this person. Okay? Mentors, your parents, your pastors, your leaders can see facts about your relationship, but sometimes when you are in love, all right, we are, our judgment is clouded with feelings. Sister one for me, come on, just sister one. But mentors will help us to check whether it give you a green light or not. You know, when I dated my ex-girlfriend, do I have an ex-girlfriend? <laughs> when I dated my ex-girlfriend, aka my wife, my parents knows, her parents knows. And I went to Pastor Stephen with Viradi, if you remember, at Brisway Building. I said, yeah, wanna go into dating relationship? I tell my mentors, I tell my parents, why? So at least I have this accountability check. They can advise me if, if I'm swaying away from a purpose. It's not good for me. They can check. They can help me check. They can advise me. A multitude of counselors, there is safety. The next one, very important for some of you, is chemistry check. Everybody say chemistry. How many of you chemistry is not chemical? Okay, some of you does not know. Okay, there's a difference. Chemistry refers to physical attraction. Oh, she's so pretty, she's so hot. Physical attraction. She's so look 
He is so good looking. He's so buff. His physical attraction, infatuation. Okay, it is a big no to that someone. If let's say you don't have attract, don't have this feeling attraction attracted to to him or to her, it's a big no. I know we should not use feeling or infatuation or physical attraction for decision making. I know, but I believe physical attraction is important in relationship, in dating, and in marriage. Who who would get married? Who will get married to someone you don't like? When you wake up in the morning, who are you? <laughs> you get shocked. You will not get married with someone that you don't like. Uh, someone ever told me, "Ko, if you really become a true Christian, you really hardcore pursuing God, you might end up marrying someone that you don't like." You know, it's not true. All right, this check you need to check whether you have chemistry with her, whether you have a chemistry with him, or you have physically attracted to her, physically attracted to him. You have this big infatuation within you. It is not right. It is not wrong. Let me correct it. I want to be very clear. Attraction, physical attraction, is not lust. Let me repeat it. Physical attraction is not lust. It's nothing wrong with it. In fact, in relations, you need to have this chemistry. Lust is something forbidden. Lust is sin, but attraction is not. Attraction is not. Feeling is just wanting to be with that person. It's not love, I know, but feeling is good to have in the beginning. This is what I want to say. A relationship can be based on feeling and infatuation. You are right, but we should not start a relationship if we don't have it all. You need to have this chemistry check. Okay, God will not push you to marry someone that you don't like. Right? Have checklist. The first one, clock timing. The second one, you need to check whether he or she is in Christ. Christ check. The third one, you need to check character. Whether he is a good person, character wise. Check with your coach, with your pastor, with your parents. Inform him. Hey, I'm I'm interested in her. I'm interested in him. Tell your parents. Fine. Okay. Fifth one. Check whether you really attracted to him or to her. This is the problem when a girl find out that the guy is not really interested or attracted to her. A girl will feels insecure. But for men, if the man does not really like her, does not really attracted to her, the man often will look somewhere else. And ends up will ends up with some kind of affair. You need to be chemistry, uh, physically attracted to one another. Okay, so this compatibility check, five compatibility check, is a simple principle that we need to know before going into a relationship. How many of you agree? How many of you are blessed? Can somebody say amen? So when you apply this simple principle, when you are single, you really don't have to pray to God. Which one is for me? Is Sally or Sylvia? Is it Jesse or Jessica? 
Janice or Yuli. You don't have to pray. You apply the principle. Since it's not in Christ, then it's not for me. You don't have to pray. You apply the principle. Since it's not ready, he doesn't have a job. It's not for me yet. I'll wait. Don't settle. If my coach, my pastor, I think you wait, I would rather wait. If you're not really attracted to her, but she keeps pursuing you, be friend. Just be best friend. You don't have to ask God. You apply the principle. You will know exactly which one is compatible for you. You will know exactly which one is your if. When you apply biblical principle. And no matter who you marry, even you marry the right person and pass all these five compatibility check, okay, you still have to change. You yourself still have to change to be the better person for each other. Because maybe some people would rather change spouse than change themselves. Even everyone, okay, the person that you're interested in already tick all this checklist, you and the other person when go into relationship still need to change to become a better person. Which one is the right one for you? It's the one you choose with this. Which one if you're already married if you're already married, which one is the right for, one for you? The one that you already married to. God can only present the potential, but it is up to us to choose which one is for you. The right person is the one that you choose. Whether you apply the biblical principle, you will end up with that person. Okay, the third stage in relationship quickly is married life. Everybody say married. Do you know, we live in a society, a strange society, where marriage is no longer important. No longer people honor married. Is it true? Do you know that one occasion in a Grammy Award, do you know one big occasion? What's the occasion? What's the, the big thing that happened in Grammy Award? How many, of, how many of you remember? Will Smith. Oscar, sorry, Oscar in a Grammy, in, in Oscar, is Will Smith. Nowadays, people have this call open relationship. Do you know what is open relationship which this Will Smith and Jada Smith have? They are in open relationship, meaning they are married to one another, but they are open to have relationship with other people. Such, we are living in such crazy world. No longer a society on a marriage like what the Bible, what God intended in the first place. Just because a celebrity adopts it opens this crazy idea to a lot of people. So many also can be like them. They are celebrity, they are successful. I can have an open relationship. We are married together, but hey, I can be with another person. We are in an open. This is new normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what the world is teaching us nowadays. Crazy idea. Why do we need to get married if I can have sex? With my girlfriend. Why do I need to get married in the first place? If I can have sex with my girlfriend, and if it does not work, I can move on with another one. No string attached. 
Why do we need to get a cow if I need, if I can get a milk anytime? You know what I mean? It's messy. It's a hassle. It's a complicated to have a cow at home. Why do you need to get married to someone if you can get what you want? This crazy idea. We enter into marriage with God principle with God's purpose because there is God design purpose for married couple okay we enter into the process of becoming I want to share very quickly the goal of marriage is to enter into the process of becoming everybody say becoming entering into the process of becoming next slide the first the goal of marriage is to become like Christ Okay, the goal of marriage is to become like Christ. God created marriage to be. God created marriage not to be the source of love, but to be a place where you share your love with your spouse. If marriage is love, God, the Bible will not define God is love. I would rather the Bible will say. Marriage is love. It's not the case. Marriage is not a source of love, but a place for you to share God's love with your spouse. It's to become like Christ. To become like Christ. When we are dating, we are driven by feelings. The moment we enter into married life, we are driven by choice, by decision and commitment. That's why it's a very different world. Dating, oh, feelings drive us into action. But when we are in the marriage life, we are driven by choice. We are driven by decision, by commitment. Let me read the definition of love found in the Bible. Okay, let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You guys know love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily anger, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. None of this definition of love have any connection with feelings but with action. To be patient is not feeling. He keeps nagging, 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 but to be patient is action, it's a choice, it's a decision. Sometimes in a marriage you need to suffer, but that's how love, definition of love is in the Bible. It's a decision, it's a commitment, it is a choice. To be like Christ is not driven by feeling to be like Christ is to love one another by choice. God's love toward us was proven by His action, sending His love, sending His own Son to die for us. The goal of marriage is not to find happiness. The goal of marriage is to be holy, to be like Christ. The goal of marriage is not happiness. It's not finding happiness. You need to be a happy person, a whole person first. The moment you go into married life, you share that love. You share that happiness with the other person. 
the goal is not to be happy, but is to be holy in marriage. To really become a spouse with another. Be faithful to your spouse. It's no longer, there's no such thing as open relationship. Be holy. Be one with the spouse. The next point which that leads to the next point that I want to share. The goal in marriage is to become one with your spouse. To become one with your spouse. To become one with your spouse. When, give me five minutes, then I'm done. To become one with your spouse. A lot of people marry thinking, think that you know, the success of relationship is to make the other spouse just like me. To make my wife to be just like me. It means we become one. A lot of people think that to become one is to make the other spouse just like you are. It's not. To become one with your spouse is to go into the middle, this, the center point. Let me just give you an illustration. For me and my wife, I tend to spend more on slightly more expensive item, but have a higher quality, so it will last. For my wife, she is not really into no preference. She has, she has no preference anything. So she she tends to like maybe uh, choose a cheaper item, of course, with lesser quality. In marriage, I'm not making my wife to be just like me, and she's not forcing me to be just like her, but to meet in the center where there is an agreement to decide on one and there is a power in agreement that is what it means to become one with your spouse let me give you a last lane. if you are driving in the first lane in highway okay ecp pie there are three lanes for example if you are driving in the first lane on the left and your wife is driving on the right most right lane on the third lane Okay, to become one, it does not mean to ask her to go and drive in my lane. Or my wife asks me to drive on her lane, on the third lane. No, to meet in the middle lane. Becoming one is about, not about winning or losing. You go to be just like me. No, it's about negotiation and acceptance. Meet in the middle. I don't force to be like me, but when two become one, discuss, negotiate, manage the expectation, that decision, that agreed decision, the unity in that decision brings blessing in every decision. Amen? Becoming one. So I want to break it down very quickly. I know I'm running out of time, but to become one, number one, to next, to become one emotionally and mentally with your spouse, to become a soulmate become a soulmate. How to become one mentally and emotionally? All right. The key, next slide, the key to becoming one emotionally and mentally with your spouse is your commitment and communication towards to resolve conflict. You know, the common denominator in relationship is conflict. Every relationship has conflict. Even though I don't marry to positive one, we might have conflict. Every relationship might have conflict. Even more, if you are a husband and wife, the common denominator in that relationship is conflict. But the key to becoming one, emotionally and mentally with your spouse, is number one, commitment. 
to resolve that conflict. Number two, communication to resolve that. Commitment. Commitment is an agreement to agree. How do you want to resolve conflict? There are so many biblical principles to resolve conflict. Number one for me and my wife is, okay, do not let sun go down. We need to solve the conflict. Though we fail from time to time, but we have this agreement. Do not tell parents when we, are, uh, when we have dispute. We don't, we don't share our, our disagreement with parents. Okay? When we are okay, again, parents might not think otherwise about one of us. We don't share. We have agreement. We have this commitment, how we can resolve conflict. Number two, communication. Communication is not talking at a person, but talking with a person. You don't shout. We don't, we don't yell. We don't cry. We don't manipulate. Communication. We, we have this desire to be a greater communicator to one another to resolve conflict. Conflict can make you get closer to one another or conflict can drive us away from one another. For couple, the difference is whether you have a commitment or you want to communicate clearly. The key to becoming one emotionally is commitment and communication. The next one, okay, becoming one physically with your spouse. God's intention for marriage is you have intimacy. The devil has a strategy for married couple. When you are single, push you for sex. When you are married, push you away from sex. Sex is the glue in the relation. Sex is like the fire in the fireplace that warms the house. Sex is intended only for the married couple. Sex needs container, needs the right place. How many of you know how to set fire? You cannot set fire anywhere. I cannot set fire here. I cannot set fire here. I cannot set fire in the living room. I have to set fire in the fireplace. If sex is not set in the proper place, container, in marriage, it will burn the house down. It will burn your life down. But if it is in the proper place, it will make closer with one another. All right? So let me close. Relationship is not about the other person. Relationship is more about you becoming a better person. Next slide. Five compatibility check is important for you to find a suitable and compatible partner. But even after all the checklists are ticked, satisfied, fully checked, and no matter how many confirmation from heaven that he is the one for you, no matter how many confirmation from heaven, she is the one for you, it does not mean you will not work in the relationship. You still need to work in the relationship. Marriage works because you put love to work. Not by feeling, but by decision, commitment, and action. Can somebody say amen?